Greetings, Grandstanders! We've reached the end of Season 3. The time has come for us to part and go on summer holiday. But before we do, we have one final conversation. One last comment about the periphery. You know, we have certainly have stretched and taken liberties with the definition of what is or makes for uh, or, or is a pillar slash prop of the periphery. And, and at times we've strayed from that concept. But I think that if you look closely at the thread that binds all of these conversations, you'll find a common denominator. The forces that prop up the spectating spectacle are inaudibly grandiose and for the most part very, very subtle and oftentimes larger than the games themselves. For the final episode, we will be stretching that idea even further. The infamous political philosopher, father of modern political science, Niccolo Machiavelli, spent a great deal of time writing about uh, the virtues of fortuna, which in English can be loosely translated into luck. But if you study the etymology and connotation of this word within the context of that time period, the definition is a bit more complex than just mere luck. The political characters of the Renaissance of that time period uh, took to personifying Fortuna in such a way that it became an almost integral part of, of the political maneuvering. It was something very real, almost uh, scientific. The political philosophy of that period was very concerned with what were the best practices for courting Fortuna and staying in her good graces? I love the personification of abstract concepts, especially when coupled with mythology. And there seems to be no greater living mythological narrative than that of sports and the spectating spectacle. Today, we're going to close with a conversation about the goddess competition. That uh, fine and feisty deity of hedonistic unchaining, who, aside from love, is, in my opinion, the driving force behind all that is worth doing in this life. Purveyor of pain and joy, elixir for an otherwise meaningless and tedious existence. Life giver and raison d'etre for anyone who understands or has ever been swayed or enchanted by her divine glory. My grandstanders, I give you the competition episode. So, uh, hello, grandstanders. Here we are for the final episode of the season. Uh, we're going to get into it really quickly, but before we do, uh, let me uh, meet and greet and say hello to our uh, this is definitely an usher episode uh, but let's let's start with let's start with the, the, the my, my uh, partner in crime the other master of ceremonies the professor how are you professor what's up you ready good. for this oh yeah yeah ready for this dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Rafa Palmer welcome back to the show how you doing my friend where are you checking in from checking in from Big Sur California nice sunny beautiful not a cloud in the sky day excellent and then, of course, Grandstand Correspondent and also Usher, 
Checking in from uh, the nation's capital, from D.C., Mr. One-Time Tex. How are you? Doing excellent, sir. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me back. Excellent. Good to have you back. Since this is a season finale, uh, roundup, so to speak, of season three, well, you know, um, why don't we kind of do, not, not a summary, or, well, let's call it a, a recap of sorts, but let me start with a question for each and every one of you, and I'll start with... with uh, I'll start with I'll start with uh, with one time, one time. Um, can you name your favorite event story of of the spectating spectacle summer thus far? Your uh, a favorite villain, a favorite hero, a favorite heroine. Oh man, what do you got? <laughs> I mean, it's the year before the World Cup, so everything's typically a little bit dry on the uh, on the sports side, and and it's, it's certainly during the summertime. Uh, best football I saw this summer so far, um, so best spectacle or event was the first half of the Real Madrid-Barcelona match the other day. Did anybody else see that? That was pretty. The Miami Classico? Wow. That was pretty. That was good. Yeah. Um, that's one of those moments where you see like what world-class football looks like. Um, but beyond that, being your political correspondent... Washington has been quite a spectacle lately, um, as we've discussed politics being the blood sport so many times. Um, I mean, who's everybody's favorite villain right now? Um, and it, it's Donald Trump is like, I mean, he's the mastermind behind it all, and obviously, like, the season finale is going to be his takedown, I suppose. But every episode is just absolutely riveting. Um, every time you, they introduce a character and you think, wow, it cannot get any worse than this, they kill that character off and bring in somebody new. So, see you later, Anthony Scaramucci. Uh, you got a favorite hero? Favorite? A favorite? Just something beautiful, like a, a beautiful, beautiful human that done something that you you you're impressed by? Um, well, yeah. I mean, in that same vein, I know everyone's talking about uh, John McCain casting the deciding vote that stopped uh, Obamacare from being repealed. But I would like to point out. I think a lot of people have rightly pointed out um, Senators Collins and McCluskey like doing the thing, you know, every day. Um, like they opposed it for a good long while. So I think those are two, three stand-up uh, Republicans who have actually shown that you can grow a spine at some point. <laughs> it can grow back. That's that's good to know. Rafa, you got a you got a favorite uh, uh, story. Of the spectating summer, favorite villain. It's just seeing the Giants play such bad baseball. Oh, that makes me happy. Just seeing them lose is like, as many of you know, I hate the Giants, and I'm surrounded by Giants fans up here. So it's been uh, it's been quite at uh, been quite at peace because there's no shit talking going on. <laughs> you know, the Padres aren't doing anything. It's just like all right. These like nads fly, these like flies in my ear aren't buzzing this summer, so I'm I'm really enjoying that. No, Any definitely. favorites, Rafa? Uh, I'm I'm kind of a, a fan of uh, Boy Wonder starting a new career elsewhere, and uh, or not a new career, a new with a new team, and letting him shine again, and making him be Boy Wonder again, and have that like fierce Wayne Rooney playing again. Like he was playing in his early days at Man U, and I'm looking forward to what he's gonna do this season. I'm, I'm really looking forward to Wayne Rooney. There was talk of Rooney 
uh, Raúl Jiménez and Giroud going all all of them going to uh, Everton at one point. I thought that that sounded really sexy. Wow! That was yeah, that sounded amazing. I guarantee Rooney's going to put two past Man United when they play next. At least, at least one. At least first one. game of the season, right? Isn't that? Funny? No, no, that, that was Manchester so United. Ham West Ham is the first one. Yeah. Chicharito's going to be. Chicharito plays Man U for his. Yeah, it was yeah. West Ham. Dude, I, I have really high hopes for Man United this season. Like, they just signed Matic today, or they announced it. They signed Matic yeah. today from Chelsea. But, like, West Ham, they sneakily picked up some really great transfers for cheap. Like, they got Zapaleta from uh, Man City, and then... That's a good I, pickup. I, I hate Joe Hart. Like, I think he's awful. But for what, <laughs> for what, for the price they paid, I mean, why not? You know what I hate about Joe Hart is how high he's rated on FIFA. On, on FIFA. He, like, he's, he's, he's definitely not an 80 player. But anyways. Uh, <laughs> Professor, what do you got? You know, I'm curious what you guys think. Because I can't decide who's the villain and who's the hero in this tale. And if they're even... Is, maybe is this... Are we having two villains face off? But um, I've got to say, man, even though I w- was not happy to hear about it when it got announced uh by the time they did their press conference in toronto the mayweather mcconnor thing mm. got my attention oh, and, and i thought dude. i thought Mac, uh, mcconnor's promos on the microphone his shit talking in toronto was maybe the best shit talking i've ever seen in sports ever um, I was so impressed. I, and I don't really know much about McGregor. Like, I've never watched MMA. So that was my, the first time I actually kind of uh, paid attention to the guy. And I came away from that going, oh, wow, no wonder this this guy is a star. Um, he's at the same time, he's very unlikable. So I can't figure out, like, who's the villain in that? Is it, yeah, is it McGregor or is it Mayweather? Dude. McGregor is the villain because he's bringing shame to the sport of boxing. But... So is so is uh, Mayweather for even accepting that. That's I, I think I don't know. I think mm-hmm. to a box for a boxing purist that this is completely bringing shame to the sport. Because have you seen videos of this guy spar? He can't box for shit. Yeah, no, there's no way. I mean, it's the the fight's going to be terrible, like absolutely he's, terrible. It's going to be so boring. He's essentially getting paid millions to just take one on the chin, and then just further. Further, like raise the grandeur of fucking Floyd Dude, I, it it has all been worth it just for that fuck you pinstripe suit that Conor McGregor wore. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> Come on. Have you googled Have you googled any of his other shit talking that he does? Oh, like, like, like pre-fight shit talking. He he is a master of the just like like wanting to make someone kill him, and then they go in the ring, and then. He's just poison. Let's let's it happen, you know. Yeah. So, so, well, first, do you guys plan on watching it? Oh yeah. I, I'm, I'm in. in. I'm in. I'm in. And who are you guys rooting for? For the boxer. Me too. Not for Mayweather, just for boxing in general. Yeah, I. I mean, I expect that Mayweather is just gonna kind of stand back and jab and dance around McGregor and McGregor's just going to get frustrated and try to go in and do some grappling. And yep. The guy can't box. box for it. It's yeah. just, I mean, yeah. he, 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 he didn't even train in boxing until three years ago. 
And you can't just, I mean, yeah, he's an athlete and he can fight and stuff, but he's not a boxer. So it's not, it's not going to end. It's not going to be anything worth watching, you know? but it's going to be entertaining. Yeah. Professor. What's up? You got a you got a you got a hero then. So you you kind of you kind of took that question and and took like hit hit all three points. The story of the summer, one of the stories, big stories of the summer, and then you got a villain and a and a hero and fucking quite possibly an anti-hero in there. Yeah, it's kind of hard. Like I really can't figure out who's who's the well, villain let me hero ask in you this, this tale. Let me ask you this. Try not to name a team or a I mean you can use that to kind of back up your 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 answer, but uh, what's your favorite type of villain, or 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 or, or uh, you know uh, grandstander that you root against and why? And can we talk a little bit about that, Dan? Yeah. Oh man. Well, I mean, Manny totally teed me up for it. It's the shit talker. I love hating on a shit talker, and there's there are few pleasures in this world better than seeing a shit talker get shut up um so i mean i'll I'm, i was gonna ask as soon as manny started talking about how good um uh, how good a shit talker mcgregor was i thought who's better conor mcgregor or anthony scaramucci <laughs> <laughs> but i mean it's not even relevant anymore because he, he already got fired literally this morning he got canned after he had, you know, just made some, you know, comment about how, like, that's it, like, the mooch is here to stay. He's a cat on the hot tin roof or something. Like, I, everybody loves to see a, a shit talker get get put in his place. So <laughs> maybe the the outcome, like the ultimate outcome that I would like to see from this McGregor um, Mayweather fight would be not for Mayweather to just dance around, but to actually just get in there and just boom. Yeah. Although that comes with the added risk that nothing worse than having a shit talker actually like pull through. Let me ask you guys this. Let's really move into the to the competition part of it now. Um, Would you guys all say you're pretty competitive? More than just competitive, but you know, borderline like uh, psychotic about competition. Do you guys say you guys are that way? Yeah. Professor, and uh, it depends on it depends on the situation. What about you, Mister Mister One Time? I have two ulcers. One of them is called Mexico, and the other one's called Manchester United. Okay, okay. So let me ask you: Can you think? Do you have a first memory of a of a severe, extreme, uh, uh, overwhelming feeling of having experienced the glory of competition? Uh, and your severe reaction either to like you know overreacting when winning you know like maybe like being being overly you know being a what they call a sore winner or the opposite being a shitty loser and and could you could could you talk a little bit about that uh rafa and then describe people's reactions to you and your feelings for for you having gone overboard um yeah i, I pretty much hated you for the first like 15 years of my life when I <laughs> so i guess that's a huge that's a huge testament to that. Like I genuinely, <clears throat> like I don't under, I can't even tell you how many times I cried because I couldn't beat you at something, and it just like <laughs> drove me insane. And yeah, I I think 
So I don't know exactly when the first time I lost to you was, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure I, like, I did hate you for a while just for the, sole, the sake of not being able to beat you. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I feel like I've always been very competitive. Um, we come from a very competitive family. Not only you, Fabi, fighting Fabi over, like, outcomes of, like, card games and, like, like penalty shootouts in the backyard. Like, <clears throat> any game, anything, any game I've ever played, all I want to do is win. I have a softball game at 5 o'clock today, and I know it's a team we're going to beat, and I know how pissed this guy is going to be that we're going to – there's a one guy that I know is going to be really pissed about losing to us today. And it's just kind of like it's put a smile on my face throughout the course of the day. Like, oh, man, we're going to win today. And that's, and that's all there is to it, you know? Dan, do you have a memory like that? Like my, my earliest memory would probably be – uh, yeah, uh, when I was a kid, my dad had signed me up for Taekwondo, and yeah, I was actually pretty decent at it. I remember the first time I beat a kid in a sparring match. I hit him in the face. That was pretty cool. With your with your hand or with your foot? With my hand. Like I mean, he basically we were like you know kids, and he basically walked into my fist, and my fist was completely swallowed by those giant like red pads they gave you. Um, but I remember thinking after that like. Yeah, I could do this. I could do this all day long. And then very next fight, somebody popped me in the nose, and yeah, that ran out pretty quick. So that's what I—that's what I get for uh, going overboard, I suppose. When I think of the earliest memories of that, I think it's—it's it's with with video games, where like mm. it's one thing. I think it's—it's it's one thing to get beat by another person or other people. Uh, <laughs> it like. You know, you. I don't know. I, there's something about getting beat by the by the machine, like by the computer, that oh, is God. just fucking infuriating. Yeah, and I, maybe that's because it's that. Because it's like, dude, like it's this, it's like the machine. Who who made this computer? And and especially when it seems like it's rigged to where you can't beat it. <laughs> Um, remember, so so I've, I've thrown temper tantrums over that. I might, I might yep. let some some uh, early childhood racism out of the uh, the pontificator, but he, as as you all know, when you beat a game, they they roll roll the credits, and usually <laughs> video game makers were all Asian at that point because Americans were Japanese, yeah, and uh, so they're Korean or Japanese, and. and uh, and the pontificator said, "Some fucking Chino is in that box, <laughs> <laughs> yelling." And a, a Chinese man who was Japanese who was not living in the video game box. <laughs> I told you I love personification, though. Yeah. <laughs> I love anthropomorphia. I love bringing abstract shit to life. Wait, uh, what? And that's true. I said that. Professor, what, sorry, what uh, what video game were you most competitive about? Um, well, there have been a few. I, I the first one, like the first game I remember playing, being into is Mar is like Super Mario Brothers. Since then, ones that would Sonic and um, and basically sports games, Madden's and and Fifas. Um, yeah, that that I mean, I guess so. The the shame that comes is um, uh, there's usually a mom that has to step in and get mad at you, <laughs> yell at you because 
you're throwing a remote across the room. Mm-hmm. How many remotes have you guys all broken in your lifetime? I've broken a few <laughs> as an adult just recently. Yeah. Mostly as a kid, too. Yeah. I, Not I, as an adult, but as a kid, many. I attribute my ultra competitiveness to my father, who uh, I grew up in a home where my father wouldn't let me win. Um, he would beat me, and he would he would make me cry because I couldn't beat him, and he never went easy on me. My father used to play. Uh, we used to play a one on one baseball game with, which I'm sure you did too, right, Rafa? One on one, one on one with Mario Senior. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would bring it hard and beat me. And it always seemed like he was like a, a Kobe Bryant. He would sabotage it. And then in the last thing, like, leave me on the field fucking crying, you know. And that really, as, as, as heart-wrenching as it was, I, I, I'm so happy that he passed that on to me. Because I can't think of anything better in this life than competing, like I've already said in the introduction. Uh, made me a severe competitor to to such an extent that I would like I would ball and cry and throw shit and break stuff. My father broke both of his arms when I was a young man, and he figured out a way of pitching a tennis ball at me with his fucking toes from on his foot. This is a true story. <laughs> he beat me with his feet at a one-on-one baseball game. <laughs> Please uh, try to understand my humiliation, okay? Uh, he, a guy with no arms. He had his, his elbows. He broke his arms, and they're they're bent in a ninety degree angle. So he, they they're in a cast, both of them. Yeah. And he beat me with his fucking right foot at baseball. How old were you? I don't know. Probably like nine or eight. And I cried, and my mom came out and kind of reprimanded him. And I was I felt bad for me because I lost to a guy with no arms. Um, that just speaks to the greatness of who my father is. Uh, he's a son of a bitch, but he he can ball, man. He can play ball. Um, but let me tell you my most humiliating story that I once had in in competition when I, I was also a kid. I I I was my, we moved from from one part of town to the other, and and um, and I had to all of a sudden in the middle of the season move from one little league to another. And because they didn't know who I was and that I, they didn't know that I could play ball, they put me in like the, you know, there's like the, the, the A team and the B team league, you know, and I, they put me in the B team league and, you know, it was like, I, I could play ball. That's one thing I could do. And, and, um, the first, the second game I played in the B team league, uh, it was just like this pudgy husky 12 year old playing with like, with 11, like, like scrawny, like really shitty 11 year olds, 10 year olds. And uh, I'm standing at second base. Someone rips a ball into the alley, and I'm running home. And I, like I just said, I came from a home where where losing was just like was just was just something that was you know uh, um, you didn't want to do, right? Uh, and you had to kind of deal with. It. Anyways, I'm running home, and I grew up with a father who idolized um, Charlie Hustle, uh, Pete Rose, right? So I have images of my father showing me. Whenever there was like Pete Rose or a collision at the plate and talking about taking a player out at the plate, you know, like that's what you do. That's how you play the game. And I ran in to this little kid, Joshua Neff or Josiah Neff, I forget his name, in catcher's gear. No, I fucking took that motherfucker out. Like he, I just like laid him out on the fucking ground. And his father came out and like, like shoved me by my shirt. Like, what the hell's wrong with you? 
I'm like, I'm just playing baseball. And like, and the, the commissioner and everybody, it was like a big fucking deal. And then I, I, I was like, I was hoping to get a hero's welcome at the plate. I knocked this fucking kid out. The ball went out. We fucking got to run. Instead, I was reprimanded by the adults for playing too fucking hard. Um, I felt a lot of social shame for, for, for quite a while. Um, and then I realized, like, fuck that. No, I'm going to keep playing the way I was taught to play. But uh, let me tell you, I, I learned that there are places for extreme competition. And then there are places where you cannot just bring it. Because some people can't hang with it. And that's my next question. What is it that people who don't like competition, what is it that they're missing? What is it that they don't understand? What is it? What is those? What are those tiny nuances and details that uh, maybe we get as competitors, who people who love to compete, that maybe non-competitors uh, don't get? Uh, one time, what do you think? I suppose I, I might not necessarily be the best person to, to ask, because all the sports that I that I tend to engage in and all the the competitiveness that I have is mostly like, you know, you versus yourself or you versus nature of sorts. Um, but certainly from the grandstand perspective and like cheering for your team and, um, you know, having that, uh, that satisfaction of victory, you know, it, it really goes back again to something so tribal. And, you know, for example, our constant references, all our references to the Mexico USA, uh, rivalry. Well, what, what is the most intrinsic thing for us? It's cheering for Mexico and that's because it's a family thing. It's something that we grow up with and that we, we continue to bond over. And it's something that I think, uh, in particular, our, our generation of, uh, of you know, kids who grew up in you know, half Mexican, half American cultures, uh, it, it, br- it brought us together for this, uh, for this competition. And being, seeing our team, seeing our side win and like, be victorious – um, oh, it's a it's an elation that runs through the whole team, um, but it you know through through all the fans through all of us, and so I think people that don't ever give competition a chance, but don't ever you know go through the you know take the time to build those relationships with other fellow grandstanders, man, they're missing out on um, such a bonding moment. Yeah. Rafa, what do most people miss about competition that don't like well, people who people who say, "Oh no, I'm not competitive," or people who play who say, "Let's play for fun." That to me, those are the most evil things <laughs> I could ever hear in the fucking English language. Let's play for fun. Fuck that. I don't want to play. I want to do something else. When people say it's just a game, like <laughs> I, just, I, uh, I, I kind of catalog you in the back of my brain, like, "Oh, you're one of those people." Okay, never mind. Uh, done with you. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess they think. I guess it's part of your upbringing, because like, I mean, I grew up with a sister that was like probably more athletic and better at all sports, not just like baseball, not just like all sports. She was a better athlete than both of us, Ralph. Better athlete than yeah. Probably ninety five percent of the boys her age, even maybe some like even like I'd say seventy five percent better athlete than seventy five percent of the like boys like two years older than her. She was in like to to lose to a girl like that was you, you couldn't do that. So that I don't know I they just didn't have I guess they had 
<laughs> not weak parents or like just like I don't know what did, what the hell how did they weren't brought up that way they weren't they, they weren't brought up with the the warrior attitude I guess I don't know, to just like win like or maybe they haven't lost at anything to like really be like fuck I want to win next time you know I I, I I don't get it I don't understand why you wouldn't want to win Professor, can you can you um, can you can you can you be the voice of reason here? Can you help us out? Are we just are we just marks these capitalistic marks that have been sold this idea, and, and we just is that what we are, Professor? What's happening? Well, two th- two things. Uh, one with this idea of um, like not allowing your kid to win. I am curious, you know, because could you? make the argument that well the if you want to develop this young person into uh you know develop their skills as an athlete um should you be so say like you're you're training your kid in in like taekwondo some like martial arts uh would it really be effective in in developing their skills um if you just always kick their ass or do, do as a trainer is it you know, do you hold back the competition, your, your competitive nature, uh, with the strategic purpose of my objective here is not a competition. My objective is to develop the skills of this child. Um, so th- that's one thing that I'm curious to to get your thoughts on. But then also, is the whole lack of competition? Is it basically this idea of uh, being inclusive and equality like is that what drives people's mentality when when say for example if you're playing in a in a co-ed sport like how many times have you guys been in in situations in a in a co-ed game where you have to ask yourself um do i go 100 percent against this girl right now and because if i if i do or if or if you're playing in a mixed age game and you and it's the same. Do I go 100% against this like younger kid right now? Um, and sometimes we do. Sometimes it's like the, the the mentality of the game is, dude. If 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 they can't hang, then then they need to get the fuck off the field. But then when we find our when we are shamed for it, isn't it basically the shame? The the the, the shame on it is people saying, "Hey man, like we're we're trying to create a safe, inclusive space here. Like let the kids play. Let let the you know." This isn't about winning. It's 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 about having fun. Um, from our mentality, to, at least for me, the more competitive a game is, the funner it is. It's it takes away the fun when you have to take your foot off the gas. Um, but at the same time, when we do that, we exclude people. Uh, and is that really so? Is that ultimately what we have to sacrifice? Is that what we're deciding between? Like, uh, do we want to be inclusive or or say fuck it if you can't hang? then you can't play. And and ultimately is that kind of an argument we we Ooh. make also with like if you can't fucking make it in in the system uh, uh then you don't fucking eat. Well, I'll tell you what I'm thinking in my head and then I'll tell you what I say like like publicly. In my head I'm like this is bullshit. I don't want to be here doing this stupid thing. But then in my I what I end up doing is you know I have a daughter who is incredibly competitive like one of the greatest joys in life is when she loses to see her cry because it makes me feel like ah yes she's got it in her you know if she just walked away saying like oh it's just a game papa then i would feel like a failure as a father um but you raise 
Well, let, I want to go back to that question, Professor. Were you going to jump in and say something, Mr. One Time? Yeah, man. Um, so this is this actually presents uh, some interesting. Um, uh, there's some interesting current content uh, that goes along with it. Partly because uh, I think we've talked about this as well. I really enjoy watching women's football. Like it's not it's not at the same level as the guys, but it's still like really fun. And I I love the fact that like they don't argue with the ref. There's not a lot of diving. Like those girls are tough, man. Um, but that being said, there's a there's a debate that's kind of getting going at the moment in the NBA where. Um, the question has been posed, like whether the first female uh, NBA athlete will ever be uh, allowed. And I mean, part of me says, like, well, I mean, if she can hang, she can hang, right? But okay, are we also going to allow guys in the in the WNBA? I mean, I don't know. We're trying to be inclusive. I mean, I think if she can certain, if they can compete, why not? <laughs> but professor. I don't know. I want to bring it back to, to a question you asked. Are, are we taking the easy way out by saying, well, within the context of the grandstand, inclusivity doesn't apply the same way it applies in every other context? Is that could, could we could we make that argument, or is that just so weak it can't even get off the ground? No, I, th- I think I think you could. I think that that's kind of the beauty of of the sporting grandstand, is that it's like this place where we can where we can do things that. We that would be unethical outside of it, <laughs> like exclusivity. Yeah, I think so, because because at, in the end, it is just a game. <laughs> um, the guy that got a who got drafted, but essentially got cut because he was gay. That's great, but see, but that's silly because that's that's yeah. not that's it, not Bill. Yeah, his orientation has no no impact on on the on the competitive aspect of it. I mean, where where it becomes kind of like what we're seeing here is, I think, and this is especially for for younger people. You know, what is the goal when it comes to youth sports? Is the is is the goal um, you know creating this you know uh, an experience for everyone to enjoy, or is the goal simply competition and winning? It depends what level you sports. That's you, true. You, mm-hmm. what, you and what you're willing to engage your child, I guess. If you're playing, if you're playing, if you're paying uh, fifty bucks to play one season in Little League, or you're paying thousands of dollars a year to have your kid on the travel team, right? Which even if you can't, and then there's plenty of kids that can't afford that, but if if the skill is there, like they find a way for these kids to be on these travel teams because these are like. They're going to national tournaments and there's like accolades and they're putting and they're like oh so and so travel team the, I don't know the, the Johnny K Strikers they they've put through they've put I don't know twenty kids in the MLB in the last ten years and then that they can raise their fees and then they can get the kids who aren't necessarily super good but they're good enough to play and just have the money to pay ten thousand dollars a year to be part of this baseball club so I mean. Isn't that yeah. kind of the goal, though? Like, you, someone will see you playing at Choice Lake Little League and ask you to come play for the for the travel team and on the other side of town. You know, I feel like they it, should they should reverse it. Like, it should be um, parents who who want to put their kids in non competitive 
uh, nature, like a, a non-competitive uh, sporting league. They should be the ones that pay mm. thousands and use that money to subsidize <laughs> for the real competitive kids. <laughs> I like that. Although I do, this might be a contradict everything I've been saying, but I, I do, I do kind of have. A, I, I can't stand parents that that uh, oversaturate their children with 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 year round activity in one sport. Mm. That I think kills the spirit of competition. Yeah. Um, I think. If anything, what we're doing is fostering a love for competition. Um, and, and I think you you can be an extremely competitive person, but not necessarily be a social Darwinist or believe that you need to just pull yourself by, by your bootstraps. Because I would say that of all the people here, uh, the, all, of, all of us having this conversation right now, we would say that the bootstraps argument is bullshit. Wouldn't, would you? Yes. Could I, would I get a general consensus? Yeah. You know, the yeah. competition model is, is, is crap. Yeah. But but there is something beautiful about competition, and and and, and I I think that 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 uh, I do have an issue with those travel ball teams and and making the kids do this like year round bullshit at perfecting like you know becoming a specialist like an insect. I'd say you know build a love for for competition within the context of of the spectating spectacle. Um, because it is a beautiful way, a beautiful, a beautiful, a beautiful way to release some of that. Um, uh, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying, but um, I mean, don't you think at the at the heart of it, really, what we're what we're striving for, like what we're seeking, is basically anything that makes us forget anything else going on, and like the the more intense it is, whether it be like who can juggle the ball the longest or. Or whether it be a head-to-head, you know, baseball game or whatever it is, um, like if it if 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 it takes you out, like if for that time you don't, you're not even thinking about your phone uh, and work and anything else. Like that's the ulti- That's ultimately what competition, like Great what point. it has the what it can give you, that makes it like so so powerful, right? Excellent point. It, bring, Did, uh, it brings you to the present moment. Yeah. Is it, is, is it like the, the, the line of uh, of game and sport gets blurred, and when it's a game, it's not okay to do certain things, but when it's sport, even when it's kids, it's okay to kick dirt and slam your bat and do something. It's not looked at, looked down as bad as if, like, you're playing a rec league soccer game, and if a rec league soccer game, you yell at the ref, like, that's like, oh my god, like, how dare you? But like, in the travel team, it's like, yeah, what the hell was that ref thinking? Whether it's like one eleven-year-old in rec or one eleven-year-old in in uh, in uh, a travel team, you know? Yeah. yeah, it's I I I am fully against. I'm fully with like having kids uh, like pushing them to competition. I'm fully against using them as fucking little pawns and some like adults. Like uh, frustrated reality where they're finally going to make their MLB dreams come true. Let kids be kids. Play baseball in the spring. Play play uh, play football in the fall. Or actually, don't play football because it'll fuck up your brain. Uh, play soccer in the fall. Um, play basketball <laughs> in the winter. Do a little swimming. Don't don't become a, a one sport, uh, one dimensional human. You know, uh, nurture the the whole competitor, right? Yep. It's... Even. I'm sorry, just as we're having this conversation, all I can think is like, damn, none of the sports I do are like 
necessarily like I'm not competing against somebody else. Um, but despite that, like you are, I think competition also spurns you to like improve yourself so that you can Absolutely. overcome your opponent, right? Why can't you it's, be compete? You can you can compete against some in an individual sport, like like obviously Alex Honnold is one of the marks in your in one of mm. the sports you can compete in, like. What like how can you push yourself to be Alex Honnold? Like not, not that anyway. Yeah, 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 and that's and that's the thing. Like that's that's the competitive aspect of it. Um, yeah. I think that's the stuff I really enjoy, to be honest. What's the most inane competition you've engaged in, or that you still currently engage in? That that somebody would say that's I can't. But what what do you like? Has that ever happened to you? Where you're you're sitting around with your buds, and, and now all of a sudden you're playing a game where you've taken a. a a trash can, and you're throwing um, you're throwing little pieces of paper in it, and everyone gets different points for depending where on the trash can it hits. And there's money involved, Ooh. and there's yelling, and there's screaming. Name something like that, and then kind of go back to what you're going to say. I definitely still. Uh, I don't. I guess I'm not really doing it quite as much as I used to. But yeah, I I took fantasy football pretty fucking seriously for a while there. Um. I was on that ESPN league that I think I told you guys about, like the celebrity league, the the man league. Um, that, that was pretty intense. Yeah, uh, but that that's also one of those those sports though where you absolutely want to crush your comp- like your competition. Like there is no sportsmanship about it. Like I mean, you just want to win. So then tell me about competing against yourself, and and I mean I didn't mean to cut you mm. off. No, no, no. I mean it's just <laughs> yeah, it's just stuff like you know running. Um, I really like to run, but the competitive aspect of it is it's not like, you know, I go running with other people. It's just me. So, okay, this time like, I want to run further. I want to run faster, stuff like that. But you're, you're still pushing yourself against the, you know, against like whatever your own barriers are to, to try and overcome. And that's the, the competitive aspect, I suppose. Um, with the rock climbing thing, it was, it was the same. You, you want to be able to, to do the stuff that, you know, you set yourself to, and you say, like, all right, well, at a certain moment, like, my body can't actually do this, so I'm going to train the shit out of myself until, yeah, I can do it. And then you do. You you overcome. But that's but I think that's also, like, one of those things where kids can be introduced, like, you know, if, as we're talking about, like, the Little Leagues and stuff, kids can be introduced to a lot of sports where you're not necessarily competing against another kid, but at the same time, I'm still expecting you to push yourself. And not like just go out there and be like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna hang out on the bunny hills. No. Let me paint a picture for you guys. Um, have you guys ever heard of nut grab? Nut grab? Okay, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> at my house, <clears throat> three Christmases ago, I had a whole uh, group of of different characters of different backgrounds and uh, and, and, and and walks of life. And there was a bowl with walnuts sitting at the center of the table. And we're all eating walnuts. And so I got to tell you that, that, that my comp- competition mentor was there. Mario Sr. was there. I believe Rafa was probably there. But a bunch of, a bunch of fools and foolettes. There was, there was some women too. <laughs> uh, um, sitting around. And I started a game to see um, – how many walnuts you can grab out of this bowl with one hand and then you have to grab them successfully and set them on the table without any of them falling from your grab from your grasp and then whoever could get the most basically it was a challenge to see who could grab more nuts out of this bowl 
this became such a competition that we had a group of about 30 people watching grown men and women grabbing walnuts from a bowl. And, and, and of course, you, it, it became so, like, people were, you know, you, you get the comment, like, oh, oh, you'd get this reaction from, like, 50 people. And as people were, anyways, keeping track. But here's, the, the, here's, where, here's what speaks to the true legacy of this, is that this game has now become a tradition in my house every Christmas. Nut grab a bowl of walnuts and see who can grab. And listen, there's a strategy to it. It's not who has the biggest hands. It's who can uh, find the most perfect way to grab walnuts out of a bowl. And, and this, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. Have you guys ever experienced something like that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Our childhood. <laughs> Our, uh, volley tennis soccer in my mom's front yard. Like, <laughs> played, I said my childhood, but this game was played during Christmas like four or five years ago. And it got into a deep, heated, like, competition, like, Bush breaking, like people got caught on the fence, and even Rene, I remember Renee. I remember your buddy Renee, man. He drove by and he looked at us like, "What the hell are these people doing out here?" This is me, Mario, Fabi, and and Marcy, and then Sarah thought we were fucking crazy because we were yelling at each other, and like this is a game we made up, and and it, and it was and it became the most heated. We went. You know where we bought a soccer ball when our soccer we bought a soccer ball from a Somali-owned liquor store because it was the only thing that was owned. I mean, open on a, on Christmas Day <laughs> because we had to absolutely finish this game because we popped the ball or something. Yeah. Uh, professor, at the end of the game, it's like hell no, too close of a game for that to be the end of the game. There will be a def- a definite winner today. And we went and bought another soccer ball. I think we stopped talking to each other for like the afternoon, the losers and the winners. Or like the simple like, all right, I could probably hit that tree with this rock. And all of a sudden <laughs> I found myself like making myself 10 minutes before I really want to hit that damn tree with the rock, you know? It's uh, I feel like it's it's an everyday thing. Carnival games. I don't like winning big stuffed animals, but I like seeing somebody that can't do something that I know I can do, and I go up there and like, give me thirty dollars worth of balls. I'm gonna break those. Fucking <laughs> <balls>. <laughs> you better get something that's like two worth two dollars for breaking five plates, and just the joy of that that's been trying to break one plate is like, oh man, that guy's an asshole. He just came up here and broke five plates, and I'm still trying to break that one plate. It had nothing to do with the winning the prize. I won't play a carnival game just for the prize. Like, but if I see somebody, then I'm like, oh, I can beat this guy at this game. Forget it. It's over. Like, that's my competitive nature kicks in, and I'm going to beat that person. Or I'm going to do everything in my power, whether it takes $40 <laughs> of my money to beat this person, I will do it. Yeah. It, it, uh, those are one of my favorites. It's all those... You know, they, they, they come out... They just get made up on the spot trying to who could balance the broom on their foot the longest. Um, you know, just all the, like, silly stuff like that. And it, I don't know how I feel about, like, uh, this is what's weird, because I love those type of games, and I love, it, it, it does, it creates this competition, and it's fun because you just, 
Like you become, all your senses become just fully focused on this one game, and 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 if everyone involved is super into it, it makes it super fun. Um, but then when it comes to like, I think that's the reason a lot of people do drinking games. But I kind of <laughs> hate drinking games. Um, yeah. Is there is there? But then but then again, at the same time, a game that I would never thought I would get into. But I did, and is as broy and frat boy as it is. I did really enjoy playing beer pong, and that's maybe one of the few exceptions of 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 drinking games that I that I enjoy. But I wonder why why is it if we love these type of little competitive games with each other, um, how come? At least for the maybe I'm the only one, but I I feel like no like. I'd rather just sit around and like talk than than do a competition right now, like over you know uh, like flipping a cup or you know, playing a card game and all that. Um, For the purpose of drinking, though, dream social aspect to it because it's not only competition; you're also getting drunk. So it's like, but I mean, like drinking card games suck. Like that's just like that's a that's like it's it's a thing of chance. You know, it's not you're not affecting the outcome. Oh, so you're saying because it doesn't involve skill? The 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 car game, yeah. Okay, but what about like I don't like the 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 cup the uh, flip cup. Do you like that one? Uh, it it doesn't. I no, I'm not a crazy fan. I I love beer pong. Like when we used to play, like because it's like because of this the competitive aspect of it solely because of the competitive aspect of it, and then it, it involves drinking so. It's like two of the things I enjoy extremely. But you know, uh, I, to an extreme degree. I, I feel like I could. Because the, the drinking part of beer pong was kind of the my least favorite part. Um, because it always involved like. Coors Light. Beer. Yeah, and like warm and, and like at a pace that wasn't your choice. Like. I don't know, but um, but but yeah, I think I did. I I think the reason I loved beer pong so much is because it involved, uh, like one of my favorite of these type of games that you're talking about is um, pick an object. If you're like somewhere where there's rocks, and who could who could hit the object with a rock, like that. Uh, I think any game involving aim and and it involves like concentration. Um, those are my favorite, um, and maybe beer pong. That's why that's why I did like that one. But yeah, I was just wondering how come if if we like these type of little games, how come in some situations, at least for me, like I I don't. But maybe there's certain certain things we just don't mix. I would agree. Uh, I my favorite kind of drinking game is when I drink with my friends and then I challenge them to a race to see if they're <laughs> faster than me. And go to then, hell, dude. Go to hell. Um, those are my favorite drinking games. I think you shouldn't mix drinking and games in – like you shouldn't play a game to drink. Drinking while you're observing the game or drinking while you're playing the game. But not <clears throat> drinking games, uh, that just seems amateurish, you know. It's like I don't need a fucking excuse to take a drink. I'll take a drink when I fucking want to, you know what I'm saying? I, dis- I disagree entirely. Drinking give games are good fun. Give it to me. <laughs> good fun. <laughs> Hey, before I move on to the last section of this of this beautiful uh, conversation, uh, did you guys watch Tom and Jerry as kids? Yeah, of course. The first Tom and Jerry, the first cartoon, they would fight, and then in the second one they would fight, and then the third one they were friends. 
Mm. Do you guys remember that? It was yeah, a set they'd be of friends, and then yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a friend who would get up and leave after the after the second one because he hated the fact that they're friends. Um, but there was something really bittersweet about watching them work together. And this is the final like kind of competition I want to talk about. How about when you're all together with friends who you're uber competitive with, but you're you're all competing for one one purpose, one goal. And you're kind of in a team, but you're kind of working together to reach an objective. And it it could be like balancing the broom for like 18 minutes, even though you want to be the guy. If one of your if one of your if one of your friends does it, there's a, there's you you have a certain like a common thing that you share now. Like you kind of you were holding the broom for 18 minutes on your palm, palm of your hand. Isn't that kind of sweet kind of competition sometimes? When you're rooting for your friends. Trying to reach the same objective, even though you want to win, it reminds me of the Tom and Jerry cartoon. Do you, is, does that qualify as the same kind of competition, or is that something different? That's a that's a great um, yeah yeah that's true that that's it, I do think it's a different type of competition. Like it, completely. it's a completely, and I think at the end of the day, I think I I prefer going head to head, and mm-hmm. instead of instead of this like kind of collective rooting for someone to like reach the goal but uh but that is a, a, a yeah that deserves its own kind of special place of, of a type of competition that's like very uh good good feeling yeah dude right. i got it one for matter, you it doesn't matter who does it just somebody fucking do it right well kind of kind of yes but in, in this one in particular there's there's somebody who i find i often end up rooting for regardless um so my brother-in-law introduced cornhole to the family so every time the family gets together now my Wait, mom always... right? yeah you know, you know that game uh, right cornhole like yeah. <laughs> where you yeah, throw yeah, the yeah. bean bags at the, the boards at the holes yes Dude, my mom is apparently like a total knack for this especially after a couple of beers so every time the family gets together like she'll end up like knocking everybody out and it just invariably happens that everyone who she knocks out will end up standing around cheering for my mom to like just keep it going. Um, that's that's one of those times where I I, I love that feeling. Yeah. yeah, where you're actually like cheering the other person on. You're like, you know, she's not competitive about anything else, but it's really cool to see her shit talking right now. So go, mom. Did mm. Did any of you, while Dan was telling that story, have the thought like, oh yeah, that yeah yeah you lose to Dan's mom. Then you start cheering for it, but did you have the thought like, but then cornhole's just a game though. It's a different kind of competition. <laughs> yeah. My competitiveness like initially made me have that thought, but then I'm like, no, nah, but it's still a competition. Like it's still like Yeah. Like Dude, some people why, take why anything competitive. Like why is there some certain competitions we can't think of as just a game? Like of course cornhole's just a game. Like what's the one with the ladders and the being like, yeah, I want to still beat you, but at the end of the day, if I lose in ladders, like it was just a game, you know. Like, it's not like I lost like a baseball game or a throwing the rock at the tree game, you know. Like, why is that so different? <laughs> well, yeah, no, the the rock at the tree is <laughs> that's a serious, epic, a serious epic, <laughs> epic. Uh, I have to tell one story before I move on, and it involves Rafa Palmer. Uh, who who um, who inevitably ended up in a years long war with our cousin Carlitos uh, in different <laughs> types of competition. It started with a dance competition. Uh, Very serious. Yes. 
Yes, and that dance competition was Judges real. Were Alright, we won't get into it. Never mind. Continue no, we won't. Story. But Ra- Rafa has the final the final laugh in this story because um, I-, I sponsored a I hosted a three apartment FIFA World Cup over a weekend. Um, we had over twenty guys and gals there, uh, where we it was a, a, a ten dollar entry fee to pay to play for a weekend of, of World Cup. Wait, three apartments and- online? Three apartments, light, and no, we had brackets and everything. Like, this is pre pre online gaming. Oh, yeah. okay. Where did you do this? At the Shire. Shire. I don't think. Oh, dude, have... I remember this. Yep. Yeah, you were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I started it, and I wanted to be oh, yeah. the champion. Of course, I set this up for myself, but I got eliminated in the first round. It was <laughs> kind of. It was beautiful, actually. It was. It was fitting. Um, and of course, it was Rafa and Carlitos in the final. <laughs> After two days of playing PlayStation, like, um, and we thought this is just going to be a redo of the of the original competition, the dance off, where Rafa loses to Carlitos because Carlitos took off his shirt and did like a titty titty twirl, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and beat Rafa. And then when Rafa was interviewed for post game interview, he says, "Well, he had his parents here supporting him." Um, I thought that was really really awesome. But um, we were all rooting against Rafa. Because it was kind of became fun. Sometimes rooting against them. But Rafa had the last laugh, and he fucking won. And I have to say, and Rafa is he he not always not always the most gracious and graceful in defeat. But if if a man can take a punch when it comes to competition, it's Rafa Palmer. And, and I have to I have to say, Rafa, you you are you are unique in that way that you. Are like uh, you know you're you're like hanging on like by a hair and you'll still will say something you know you're the guy who like spits and spits in the fucking <laughs> spits in the thing you know as as you're about to be hang you know hanged or you know you're 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 the guy that says something really witty and then all of a sudden it's over and then we're like damn it this whole thing was about rooting against Rafa because it's so fun <laughs> to hear him fucking talk shit to the last minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I gotta say I agree with that. All right, let's let's get into a competition now between uh, Rafa and One Time Techs. Play some games, and we will judge you on uh, on who's who's. This is actually going to be completely subjective. It's going to be on who's better. The only now, problem is, do you have any games in mind? Well, you had a question for them, Professor. Did you remember your question? Yeah, you, no, you had already mentioned it. I said I was just saying that um, they, they could they could judge us in the end. Oh, is that is that? But you didn't you have a question prepared? No, you don't remember. Mm. Okay, well, let let me start with this. Um, so both one time and Rafaga are legendary storytellers. Their uh, pers- their personal experiences always seem beyond embellished. But if you actually spend one day with either one of them, you become a, a believer immediately of the shit they tell you because it's very likely real because you're living it with them. You become a character in these stories, and all of a sudden you're like. Holy shit! That thing he told me is probably true because I can't believe I just experienced this thing. I want to hear <clears throat> the most outlandish, ridiculous thing that ever happened to you, but I need you to put it in one sentence. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh... <laughs> one fucking sentence. Okay. Uh, <coughs> take your time. Whoever wants to go first, go for it. 
outlandish. Or pick any story, but put it in a sentence. <laughs> and we'll be judging everything subjectively. I don't give a fuck. We'll pick your sentence structure, vocabulary. We, we're, this is not about who had the best story. It's just, just we're going to decide as we go. Outlandish. As far as something that you witnessed or happened directly to you? or Doesn't matter. Yeah. Dan, you go first. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> I was thrown in a jail outside of Boca Stadium in Argentina for trying to take a picture. Well, because my buddy tried to take a picture of the stadium before we, as we were trying to leave, and a fight broke out, and we ended up getting thrown in the slammer for like six hours. Period. Rafa. I gypsy the gypsy. Ooh. <laughs> Professor, you want to comment on um, on voice intonation? Well, um, I, I, I really loved the conciseness of of uh, Rafagas, and it leaves a lot to the imagination. Mm. Uh, Although with one times, I mean. It, What's left to the imagination is, um, did you get raped afterwards? Was that the second <laughs> sentence? <laughs> no. Okay. Surprising. <laughs> um, Rafa gets a point for mysteriousness, and uh, uh, one time gets a point for um, for for leaving a sequel element to the story. Um, so it's one one right now. Uh, let's move on to the next question, Professor. You got a question? Or, or should I just like oh, just I pull, something, pull something out of the air? One one right now. All right. Well, um, what is in in the places where each of you live? Um, can you make the most annoying sound that exists in your environment? Ooh. <laughs> I've got there's a there's a pretty rough one. Uh, I mean, when I when I try to turn on the hot water, like the entire house shakes. You really want me to do this now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, Rafa? Trying to think of. There's a lot of sounds, but I mean, as you know, like I, they're, they're sounds of nature, so they're not necessarily annoying. I guess I guess like the weed whacker or like somebody weed whacking or cutting a tree across the canyon or something or like any kind of like somebody's generator probably the probably the the, the weed whacker is the worst and it's like like people are weed like when somebody weed whacks like you're not weed whacking your front yard you're weed whacking <laughs> six acres so it's all day it's like yeah definitely the weed whacker I appreciate one time's immediate uh, identification of it. Um, I got to say that Dan's Dan's uh, original, like the beginning, was really strong, and and it kept me. It, it made me laugh because it continued at a really steady pace. I got to say, when Rafa started, I, I I would hesitate to give him more points because he was he was he, it took him a while. You know, his buildup uh, was wasn't the way I wanted it. But as the as the sound went on with Rafa at the end, it really had a nice crescendo. <laughs> so. Uh, Professor, how do you feel? 
I didn't really. I, I'm I'm giving this one to to one time because um, there you can just hear the the passionate uh, disdain for that sound in his not just his description of it but in his actual uh, uh, acting it out. While with uh, Rafaga's sound, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like it really really annoys him as 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 much. There's not many, very many, like, annoying sounds. Like, the majority of the sounds are sounds of nature. That was maybe slightly unfair to Rafael. Uh, uh, let's, let's take it back to the grandstand now. Uh, name the most absurd thing that's ever happened to you in the church grandstand. Something really ridiculous. Something really absurd and memorable. Rafa, you want to go first? Most absurd? I, uh... I, I don't know, maybe I, I'd like to believe that I the sole credit behind this but uh, the uh, what was the hipster reliever's name that moved to the Dodgers from the Giants? Brian Wilson Brian Wilson, when I got in his head and he blew the, he blew the save <laughs> It's pretty good As he walked on the field after I'd just been talking shit to him the entire time he was warming up he was about to walk on the field and like go past the gate and he goes and I go Brian Brian and like my most annoying drunk voice and like Brian and he turns and looks he's like and I, oh I was yelling look at me one more time one more time I was yelling that and he turns and looks at me and like I'm in your fucking head you're gonna blow it and three <gasps> pitches later he gave up a home run and the Potters won open day game <laughs> one time. Um, dude, I would same Argentina excursion. I was down there when uh, Chivas played against Boca Junior and um, Buffalo. For the like, Buffalo game. It was the uh, the return match when uh, yeah when Buffalo like threw the four nil up at him at the at the crowd and like the whole place <laughs> broke out in a riot. Yeah, we were there and we were in La Bombanera as well. Like that was the worst part. So the deepest heart of Boca Junior country and I'm standing there with a couple of other like Argentine friends as soon as that whole thing that whole mess happened they were like dude don't talk they will recognize your accent and they will kick your ass um yeah they had to smuggle me home that night <coughs> I was professor riot. what do you think um well question on that what, what hairdo was Bofa rocking in those days was he going bald or was he doing something ridiculous no 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 he was bald he was well bald by that point. Um, he got punched. How many times did he get punched in like five minutes? So he got punched in the back of the head first, uh, and then as he was leaving with the with the guards, somebody jumped over the fence and punched him again in between all the security guards and made it back to the fence and jumped back over. I never caught that guy. And then the the Boca manager spit on him on the way out. That was insane. Absolutely insane. What do you think, Professor? Um, so for this one, I, I'm, I'm going to go now with with Ralphie's, uh, only because I, I really appreciate uh, you your actual involvement in the story. Where um, that is pretty impressive if you were able to get yourself get into the head of professional player and cause him. Arguably, that may have been the start of the end of his career. Um, 
seriously. So <laughs> it just ended like it ruined a guy's life. And and not just him, but if he has children, like this is this goes for generations. <laughs> um, so that's pretty fucking impressive. And I really love the like early '90s, late '80s style WWF like uh, uh, voice you were making when saying like the way that you yelled at him. <laughs> Look at me one more time, one more time. I agree. I agree. I agree. And and I'm gonna go with points for that. Um, do you have a question, Professor? Otherwise, I have a couple more. Um. Uh, which one do you enjoy more, a Pacifico or a Corona? And if you could explain why. Um, Pacifico, because Pacifico you can stick a lime in it and it's not that bad. Okay. I mean, you can stick a lime in a Corona as well. Gotcha, bitch. However, I'm I'm gonna say. I'm going to say Corona for this reason, though. Uh, having traveled a lot and sometimes ending up in places where you just like have no idea what the hell else to drink, um, sometimes it's really refreshing to just get a Corona and know exactly what you're going to get right then there. So, That's true. Feel more yeah. and I smashed like 10 Coronas one time in Venice. <laughs> <laughs> See? See what I mean? Uh, I'm going to give I'm going to give that one. To, uh, Professor, what do you think? I think one time nailed it. Okay. Shit, I had one, but... Um, so, I mean, I, I have to really ask. What's the best kind of taco? Your mom's? Gotcha, bitch! Whoa. Was that a compliment or a diss? <laughs> Actually, your grandma's. You really want to get down to it. Everyone knows that, like, your abuela's tacos are always the best tacos. Well, That's my answer. Your grandma's. She can't make a taco as good as las omaderas or the podramo. But name the name the meat kind of taco. Carne asada. Mr. One Time? I'm going to have to go with Ralphie on this one. Yeah. I don't even Ralphie's point because One Time is well. in my whole entire matriarchy, so. Uh, <laughs> what are you talking about? Sexual jokes about my... Can we just, since, since you guys have the same answer, what's your second favorite? Barbacoa. No, I don't know why. Well, there's regional differences here too, because yeah. I'm coming straight TJ street style taco. And I mean, don't get me wrong, barbacoa is delicious, but if you're going regional TJ street taco, I don't know <laughs> for sure. You know what? Fuck that. I love a good breakfast taco with chorizo, wait. Chorizo is Professor? For strictly subjective reasons, um, I I go with the uh, with Ralphie and other weather. Okay, so we're tied three three here. Uh, we're gonna have two tiebreakers right now. Actually, no, can't be two tiebreakers. But first thing I'm gonna say is, how many times do you guys think think I coughed this whole fucking podcast, this whole uh, episode? <laughs> if you guys had to guess, five. Seven. Okay, um, five and seven. And then, uh, now can you guys judge us on our judging, and then we will judge you on how you judged us? And then that will be, we'll declare our winner. <laughs> Whilst I enjoyed Manny's, uh, in-depth knowledge, I appreciate Mario skewing the, the score towards me. So, Mario. Um, I don't think this should have been a tie. I think you were just trying to make me 
get cut <laughs> something here. <laughs> no. Um, you're, um, no, you guys, very fair, very fair judgment, I'd say. Who's better at judging, me or the professor? Uh, fair? <laughs> Probably the professor. Who has better hair, me or the professor? Ooh. Shit, well, me and that haven't seen either of you in person in over six months. Oh, that's not true. Well, wait. Manny, do you have a beard right now? Uh, no. I just shaved it. Mm. Dan, do you have a beard right now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't I haven't shaved in almost three years, dude. Really? Yep. Who looks better in New Balances? Ooh. Man. That's easy. Man. Roger Federer. Who looks... Who looks who looks better in uh, in uh, wingtips? <laughs> Ooh, uh, Mark, you've got a you've got a really distinct style now. Like it is very, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys, I just trying to give himself a, a point right there, but he's asking <laughs> <laughs> Like, no, man. Whenever I tell people, like, I talk about Mario now, especially to my friends and my buddies in Rome. They're always like, "You mean the dude with the beard?" Like. <laughs> like just walked out of that Frida movie. Yeah. 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 I'm a caricature in my own narrative. Uh, yeah. Professor, anything else you want to ask? Mm. I guess just a final question for you guys. Um, what is life? <laughs> Competition. Competition. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I, I will close out with this. Um, there is one one thing that I am super fucking competitive about, and it is a video game, and it is one that I absolutely do not lose ever, and that is Street Fighter 2. So if any of y'all ever want to bring it, I will beat you, and I will, even, I will even let you pick my character, and I will still pistol whip you with that character. Bring it. Rafa? Like, do I accept the challenge? No, I don't play video games anymore. But, um... Any closing remarks on what is life? Uh, it's... It's a game. It should be enjoyed. Just remember, we're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time. So, stop being so competitive. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> Professor... Uh, professor, would you rather? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to White Man Can't Jump and talk about the film uh, where that line where uh, the 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 uh, Woody Harrelson character asks, uh, "You rather look good and lose than look like shit and win." Which do you prefer, Professor? Mm, that's a tough one. Look like shit and win. One time. Nah, dude. I'd rather look like shit. Look like shit and win is definitely the way to go. Rafa? Look like shit and win. Look at the 96 Padres. They, Tony Gwynn's brother got the game winning, the, the go-ahead hit. So, uh, they, I mean, who yeah. was... We didn't have that 96 Padres, like, attracted good players for the 98 team, but we had nobody on that team. And, uh, yeah, just fucking win. Yeah, I would agree with that. And the only thing I have I would have to follow up, and this is going out to my friend uh, Glenn Prickett. Um, Glenn Prickett said that I was the worst winner of all times, 
and I can't picture yeah. what the fuck is there a way of winning? Like, is there a way of winning? I only know one way of winning. When you win, you boast and you rub it in your opponent's face. But Glenn <laughs> didn't like that. So I always took issue with that. And I say, fuck that. Uh, Glenn Prickett, this episode is dedicated to you and to all those people who say you're a sore winner. How the fuck is that even possible, is what I want to say. Um, that's it. That's it for season three of Grandstand. Uh, we'll be coming back next year to delve into a really unique topic, I think. Um, uh, well, maybe it's not unique. It's just going to be our take on it. Uh, the migration of ideas in sports and how uh, we're going to kind of do a genealogy of sports how about that and and trace the the migration and immigration of sport concepts uh, across this wonderful planet and 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 hopefully address uh, the professor's uh, question what is life and i agree with uh, rafael palmer write it while it lasts and we'll let you know who the winner of this official contest was because right now we have a tie um and whoever guessed how many coughs I coughed uh, gets the price. They'll get a, a bottle of tequila sent to their address. Um, wow. That's, we're out. Thank you for yeah. the ushers for joining us for the finale. This is a good one. Thanks for having us, guys. Be the worst winner. And the sorest loser. Like, you shouldn't lose. So when you win, let them know you won. <laughs> and I would say at all costs, avoid... Um, the last time that... Well, at least the three of us here, we played on an organized team together. Um, intramural <laughs> soccer at San Diego State. Um, we somehow... We managed to look like shit and lose. Uh, and that's that's the worst. <laughs> And, and we, we saw losers about it afterwards. Worst, dude. It's true. It's true, though. Like, I find that one of the reasons. Um, I find that like one of the biggest criticisms of Ronaldo is always that like he's just too pretty. Like, that's why he's not better than Messi. It's because he's ah, he's just too pretty. I, I always just find that amusing. It's hard to say if that's if that hurts him or helps him. He's one of my favorite villains. Yeah, Ronaldo. Yeah. I, how can you not love to hate that guy? One one of the greatest things in the world. Ronaldo, um, don't you kind of look at them like, like, oh shit, like you're an idiot. Like. His statue all fucked up, fucking busted. <laughs> Uh, that was terrific. Oh, it was a legend. Um, we'll, 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 uh, we'll find a way of, of putting that on Instagram. I'm watching, I'm watching humpback whales jump. <laughs>